The next reading is from Philippians 2, 5 to 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I do hope you're going to uh, be doing some really good things. These are good things that will be happening this Christmas time, whether it's uh, receiving that present that uh, you've always wanted, or seeing all the family, or having wonderful uh, food, or maybe your children in the nativity play, uh, which you perhaps you've just enjoyed this last week. Actually, that, that, uh, it did remind me of uh, there was a nativity play and all was going well until the angel appeared and told the little girl who was playing Mary uh, that she was going to have a baby. Uh, to which the little girl replied, How can this be, since I am a Viking? <laughs> well, it's great, isn't it, when things go memorably wrong. I, actually, I remember one of our boys, when they were, when they were little was in a nativity at school. He's one of the wise men. And on the way home, Anna, my wife, asked him in the car, uh, can you remember what the wise men gave the baby Jesus? To which he replied, uh, I don't know. We weren't allowed to open them. <laughs> well, this evening, I want to look at things from a slightly different perspective, from Jesus' perspective. Because Christian people believe uh, that Jesus was God. That is, that before he was born in that stable, or perhaps more likely that shed in Bethlehem, uh, he was in heaven with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, a perfect Trinitarian relationship. And then Jesus voluntarily emptied himself, which is why I want to speak this evening about uh, empty Christmas. Matt, could you just twiddle that round a bit? Thank you. Um, Empty Christmas. And uh, uh, we're going to look at that, uh, the reading that Jenny's just read for us there in Philippians chapter 2. And uh, now we all know Jesus was born uh, in a stable. I guess we all know about the shepherds and the star and the wise men and Mary and Joseph and all the rest of it. But how about Jesus' perspective on Christmas? What was it like for him? Have you ever thought of an empty Jesus on Christmas Day? I don't know about you, but I reckon our Christmases are pretty full. Now, I'm a vicar, so you might expect that my Christmases might be fairly full of carol services. Uh, They are. I love it. It's great. Uh, Maybe yours will be full of presents. I saw something just in a paper last week. I think it was Carol's PC World were emphasizing the perfect Christmas present was was a MacBook Pro or something like that, 1,700 quid. And I thought, wow, if I received that, that would be a great present, wouldn't it? 
maybe I could have two. <laughs> and, uh, uh, or maybe for you, it'd be great if your Christmas was full of food or uh, uh, full of uh, uh, a decent bottle of wine, full of family, full of fun. Uh, maybe your family, as ours uh, traditionally had when I was growing up, had a particular games that you would play at Christmas time and so on. Christmas can be really full. Jesus' Christmas was really empty. And so let's look at uh, empty Jesus. Empty Jesus. I really can't. There we are. Empty Jesus. Now, we're going to look at verses 6 to 8 there, but look at verse 7 in particular uh, of Philippians chapter 2. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. When it says that he made himself nothing, uh, it more literally is translated, he emptied himself. Not that he was emptied. No one kind of extracted the godliness or the uh, infinity from Jesus, but he emptied himself. And we're thinking first here about his birth. So he emptied himself of his glory. He became vulnerable. He wasn't vulnerable before, but he became vulnerable. He became ordinary. He most certainly was not ordinary before, but he became ordinary. He became powerless. He wasn't powerless before, but he became powerless. He became ignorant. He wasn't ignorant before. He knew all things. Uh, C.S. Lewis has written this in order to try and help us to understand this. Lying at your feet is your dog. Now imagine for a moment that your dog and every dog is in deep distress. Some of us love dogs very much. If it would help all the dogs in the world to become like men, would you be willing to become a dog? Would you put down your human nature, leave your loved ones, your job, your hobbies, your art, your literature and music, and choose instead of the intimate communion with your beloved, the poor substitute of looking into the beloved's face and wagging your tail, unable to smile or speak. Christ, by becoming man, limited the thing which to him was the most precious thing in the world, his unhampered, unhindered communion with the Father. History is littered with examples of men who would become gods. But only one example of God becoming a man. Now, we know about Jesus, God becoming a human. That is a Christian claim, but not the human you would expect. You would expect, wouldn't you, if God were becoming a human being, he'd be coming in power and uh, he'd have a great position and an enormous privilege. Instead, for Jesus, his parents were teenagers. And if you did the adding up, then it was clearly conceived before they were married. And he was born in a, probably a shed of some sort. And he soon became a homeless refugee. And the poet Steve Turner has uh, put it like this. It was like your landlord becoming your lodger. Like your managing director up before you for an interview. Like Beethoven, queuing up for a ticket to his own concert. Like a headmaster, getting the cane. Like a good architect, living in a slum built by a rival. Like Picasso, 
painting by numbers. God lived among us. In his birth, at Christmas, Jesus is God coming down from heaven to be one of us. Jesus laying aside his glory, laying aside almost all of his power, accepting hardship and isolation and ill treatment and malice and misunderstanding. He came. He came down a very long way down. And he came and he lived with the poor and the powerless, without those without beauty or position, those who were nothings in the view of most people. And Christians have always thought that as Jesus lived, so should we. It says at the beginning of that reading, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. He was getting his hands dirty with the poor, the homeless, the despised, the rejected. That's why, for instance, as a, as a church here, we're joining a number, quite a number of other churches across the city in uh, helping 15 homeless guests every Thursday night. It will be for us in the first part of the new year. Dinner, bed and breakfast. We want to help. We want to be involved. Jesus had an empty Christmas. He emptied himself. And we all want to be with and help those who are empty this Christmas time. But you know, this movement down, this emptying at Christmas time, didn't just stop there at his birth. In fact, it intensified hugely through his life. It got worse, much worse. So we can see here also his death. Jesus grew up, most likely worked with his dad in his carpenter's shop. He became an itinerant preacher. And then around about 33, the Jews rebelled against his teaching. And the Jewish leaders managed to get the occupying Romans to agree to crucify him. They tortured him to death. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. And you can almost feel the shudder here as the Apostle Paul writes, even death on a cross. It was Christmas Eve and a 35-year-old guy called Gavin had been up for hours with a newborn baby and now he was in the checkout queue at Sainsbury's. It had taken him 20 minutes to find somewhere to park in the car park and his usual 30-minute speed shop had become over an hour because of the crowds. And now he counted, one, two, three, four, 13 people in front of him in the, the queue for the checkout. And he just muttered to himself, they should kill the guy who thought of Christmas. And there was a little old lady in front of him. And she turned round and she smiled. And she said gently, they did. They hung him on a cross. Empty Christmas. Well, an empty Christmas is one thing. But the empty abandonment on a cross takes it to the basement. It takes it to the sewer. Emptied of all relationships. Emptied of all support. Emptied of everything and simply tortured until he stopped breathing. But far worse than that, you know, is actually the spiritual horror of enduring as the Son of God the wrath 
of your heavenly Father poured out on you in the place of mankind for their rebellion against God. That is the epitome of self-emptying. That is the basement. That is the sewer. That is the deepest cave. That is as low as you can get. That is the pit. And he did it, Christians believe, for you and for me. Christmas is just the start of the story. It's just the start of the the self-emptying. The cross of Christ was its depths. Thankfully, that's not the end of the story. And we read here, uh, going on, about the exalted Jesus. The exalted Jesus. Look in verse 9 there. Therefore... Because of what Jesus voluntarily gave, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is Jesus emptying himself And that is now Jesus as he is right now. No longer the helpless baby. No longer the homeless refugee. No longer learning the carpenter's trade with his dad. No longer gasping those final breaths of agony on a cross. It's because of all that he was then raised from the dead and he's now in heaven and he reigns over the universe and one day he will return. That's what that says. And that means that one day you will bow down before him. One day everyone will bow down before him. One day you will acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, Master. One day everyone will acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, Master. And in the end, you know, that's what Christmas is all about. Jesus emptying himself, being born to Mary and to Joseph in that shed. And then the emptying continued and ended at a cross. As Jesus self-sacrificed himself to death for us. And therefore now in heaven, he reigns over the world And one day he will return as Lord of all. Jesus had a very empty Christmas. That we might all have a very full Christmas. And a very full life. Would you like to find out more about that? Well, there are a number of uh, booklets around uh, just by the doors called uh, Christmas Playlist. If you'd like to find out more about Christmas, do take one of these. Just, just pick it up and pop it in your pocket but, uh, uh, with the aim of reading it and uh, to find out more. But also here at uh, Bishop Huntington Church, we, uh, we have a number of um, uh, courses called Life Explored. They'll be happening after Christmas. And if you'd like to uh, uh, sign up just so we can send you some more information, be in touch with you in the next couple of days. And there are sign-up sheets by, by both the doors. Let's remember that actually Jesus had a very empty Christmas, 
that you and I might have a very, very full one and a very, very full 